Hey, I'm Jesse. We're in Nehemiah. And as we go through our sermons and our curriculum and our devotions, we've arrived at chapter 5, verse 14. All right, here's chapter 5, verse 14. You're going to learn something really cool about Nehemiah. Furthermore, from the day of King Artaxerxes, uh, from the day King Artaxerxes appointed me to be their governor in the land of Judah from the 20th year until his 32nd year, 12 years, I and my associates never ate from the food allotted to the governor. The governors who preceded me had heavily burdened the people, taking from them food and wine, as well as a pound of silver. Their subordinates also oppressed the people. But because of their fear of God, I didn't do this. Instead, I devoted myself to the construction of this wall and all my subordinates were gathered there for the work. We didn't buy any land. So this is the first mention that Nehemiah and his memoirs as recorded and preserved by Ezra, I believe Ezra was the author of the text, uh, indicates that he was appointed as a governor. And this likely all took place from, uh, his, his service probably took place from 445 to, to 432 BC, where he's given his own jurisdiction in the land of Judah, and it's where this, it's where this wall takes place. And he does not partake of the opulent feasts that were offered to those who were in governmental authority. Nehemiah saw that that came from a heavy taxation of the people, and he chose not to do that. He chose to abstain. Like he was entitled to it legally, but because he was in his office as a result of God's favor and doing the Lord's work, he chose not to partake of what was forcibly taxed from among the people even though it was really good. And it also had to have come at a personal cost to him. He chose not to burden the people. That's what verse 15 says. The governors who preceded me had heavily burdened the people, taking from them food and wine, as well as a pound of silver. The subordinates also oppressed the people, but because of their fear of God, I didn't do this. And instead he devoted himself totally just to the construction of this wall. And there's a couple of things I see here. One of them is a totally different definition for taxation than you may be acquainted with as a citizen of Seattle, <laughs> uh, when we think about how people of the liberal side of politics view taxation, like I've heard the Speaker of the House on numerous occasions refer to tax cuts as though they were theft, which is perfectly, perfectly the opposite of reality. <laughs> you see, what we earn, what we earn through our labor, by the grace of God, like would belong to us in this sense. Everything comes from God ultimately, but that a governor would look at what you have earned as though it rightfully belongs to them and then to tax it from you forcibly. And by the way, if you don't pay those taxes, I'm going to put you in jail. If you don't give me, it's like the bully coming after your lunch money. That's what it really is. And, and for the government to look at your taxes that you pay to them for their common service. We render under Caesar, what is Caesar's? But for the government to look at that as though that's something that I'm entitled to. And when you don't give as much of it to me, you're taking from me. It is perfectly backward. It is perfectly upside down. Taxation then by that standard would classify as theft. The other thing that I see is this. See, Nehemiah was like, okay, I've been given governmental authority. I don't want to tax it. Everybody who came before me would tax the snot out of these people and they would take their silver and their food and I'm just not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. 
But the other thing that I see was he was of single-mindedness in his focus. That his purpose in his, in his time appointed as governor over Judah with an extension of the authority of, of Persia was to rebuild the wall. That was what he wanted to do. To restore it to the glory that it was originally given by Solomon. And there's power in that. And I believe it's partly why we're reading the book of Nehemiah. I mean, the Holy Spirit inspired this through, I believe, Ezra and the story of Nehemiah is one of a wall that was rebuilt despite massive destruction. I mean, for 50 years it laid there in ruins and now because of what God did through Nehemiah, here we are. Nehemiah knew what his calling was, where he was called to go and what he was called to do. He, did, he wasn't distracted by the luxuries afforded him by his office. He just chose to focus on the rebuilding of the wall. And I want us in our building campaign to focus on what God has called us to do here. There are going to be numerous other opportunities and other things to minister to, but this is what we've chosen to focus on for now, for this season. Because if we don't focus on it, then it won't get done. If we focus on 12 other things, we'll do a mediocre job at all of them. But if we are to leave for our posterity a spiritual legacy, then it's going to take some focus, and focus means that we're not doing other things. Nehemiah, in his time as governor, could have addressed numerous other things, but he chose to focus on the wall. He chose to focus on what God had called him to, there to do in the first place. And I guarantee you some of those things that he could have endeavored, uh, endeavored to, to, to take on were really great things. Some of them probably involved things like orphan care, like, oh man, tug at your heart, come on, how do you say no to that? But this is what God called Nehemiah to do. Whatever the nature of these other ministerial callings, he chose to focus on what God called him to do. And as a result, as a result of that clarity and that focus, we're reading the book of Nehemiah today. So we apply that same kind of focus and clarity by focusing on this. Right now, this is what we're doing. And because of it, we're securing a future for the church for the next century. Then we'll be better equipped to minister to fill in the blank, fill in the blank, fill in the blank, fill in the blank. There's no shortage of ministry opportunities. There never will be. You can do a mediocre or less than mediocre job at 500 different things, or you can do a really good job at the one thing that God's called you to do for this season. This is the nature of a building campaign. It is not selfish of a church. It is necessary for the church to be equipped to then go on to minister to other people. For example, right now, Redemption Church, if we were to host homeless people, where would we do it? We don't have anywhere to do it. Let's focus on our building campaign. This is where God's called us.